0: This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello everybody, and welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode number 67, entitled, What Does Son of God Mean in John's Gospel? Part 4. As always, the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that has its aim, which is to start conversations about God's oneness and unity and about Jesus' humanity, the humanity of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. I'd like to remind our listeners that they can access and enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast online at biblicalunitarianpodcast.podbean.com, also on iTunes and on Spotify. You can also interact with us on various episodes and ask questions on our Biblical Unitarian Podcast Facebook group. What does the Gospel of John mean when it portrays Jesus Christ as Son of God? Does Son of God refer to God the Son, the second member of the supposed tripersonal God? Does the title Son of God assume one who literally pre-existed his birth in heaven? Or maybe Son of God is a title of deity, one who is divine. Thus far in the first five chapters of the Gospel of John, none of these suggestions seem to fit the data. The Son of God in John is just like the Son of God in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The human Messiah authorized by God the Father to carry out the salvific plans for the world's redemption and rule. In today's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, we will examine a lengthy section in John chapter 6, the passage where Jesus declares himself to be the bread that has come out of heaven. Is this where Son of God starts to refer to a divine being who existed in heaven before appearing on earth? Or is the answer more nuanced than we might have previously thought? Let's begin our episode by reading John chapter 6 verses 28 through 40 in hopes of better understanding what the fourth gospel means when it portrays Jesus as Son of God. So I'm going to start here in John chapter 6 and verse 28. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. That you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign, so that we may see and believe you? What works do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father. Who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that... Everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. That's John chapter 6, verses 28-40. through 40. So our first point today is looking at the Son of God who is authorized by God. The fact that the Son of God is authorized by God is a major point within this section of Scripture. The crowds desire to work the works of God and thus ask Jesus what they should do. Jesus responds in verse 29 by saying the work of God is to believe in him whom he has sent. Having been sent by God, Jesus is authorized as the true representative of the Father. He is not a false messiah or a rebellious son. No, no. Jesus has truly been commissioned by God, and to put one's trust, loyalty, and obedience into him are what brings about the work of God. The crowds respond with a request for a sign, stating that they will believe Jesus once Jesus first performs the sign. Jesus has, however, already performed the sign by multiplying bread and fish for 5,000 earlier in John chapter 6. In other words, Jesus has already demonstrated himself as an authorized representative of God with a sign, specifically a sign involving the gift of bread, which becomes thematic later in this narrative. The Jews speak of manna that was given during the wilderness wanderings of their ancestors, those having come out of Egypt, and offer a combination citation from Exodus chapter 16 and Psalm 78 verse 24. The citation that they offered says, quote, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus responds with a few corrections about the reality of this given bread slash manna in verse 32. He redefines the giver, the timing, and the nature of the bread. Instead of Moses, it is Jesus' father, whom he calls my father, who is the giver. This again reiterates that God the Father, who commissioned Jesus, stands as the foundation of Jesus' ministry and teachings, thus authorizing Jesus as the Son of God. In regard to the timing, while Moses gave the bread in the past, it is God who currently gives, present tense, the bread. So while Jesus' dialogue partners were looking backwards into their Jewish history, Jesus points them to the present, where God is authoritatively giving them the Son of God. Thirdly, Moses gave the bread, while the true bread is given by Jesus' Father. It also helps to look at the context of, Of Psalm 78, Psalm 78 being the primary reference in the combined citation offered by the Jews, since the ensuing dialogue is an extended exposition of the citation offered. So let's look here in Psalm 78. I'm going to start in verse 23. Yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven, he rained down manna upon them to eat. And gave them food from heaven. Man did eat the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in heaven. And by his power he directed the south wind. When he rained flesh upon them like the dust, even winged fowl like the sand of the seas, then he let them fall in the midst of their camp round about their dwellings. Psalm 78, verses 24 through 28. Within this passage, we note a few crucial pieces of data. First, we note, helpfully, that the manna that was given from heaven is described as sent. And sent is a verb used throughout John's Gospel to refer to the act of an authority person authorizing a representative, like John the Baptist, who was sent from God in John chapter 1 and verse 6. Second, we see that the food given by God in this psalm is described as flesh. We see that there in verse 27. He rained down flesh. The Septuagint translates the Hebrew word of this verse, Psalm 78 verse 27, as the Greek noun sarks, the Greek word for flesh. And Sarks, that particular Greek word, is exactly what Jesus states is what the true bread from heaven is. In John chapter six and verse fifty one. I'll quote this passage. Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for the life of the world, is my flesh. This point should not be overlooked. Jesus' human flesh, according to Jesus himself, is what has come down out of heaven. Since it would be impossible to understand Jesus' human body as having previously existed in heaven, the qualifier, quote, out of heaven, end quote, cannot mean a literal descent from the skies. Rather, it points to the identity in the authority of the sender, namely the Heavenly Father. As Son of God, Jesus really has been authorized by God as the representative agent, speaking and acting on God's behalf. By claiming that the giver is his Father, Jesus, the Son of God, indicates the authority he bears as the commissioned one who brings God's life To the fallen world. Our second point today is the Son of God who is empowered by God. Son of God who is empowered by God. Having established that he is the one sent who bears the authority of the Father in heaven, Jesus further points to his identity as Son of God by indicating that he possessed the empowered prerogatives that God has shared with him. This point is crucial to the logic of John chapter 6, but it is sadly overlooked in many readings and expositions. It is important to remind our listeners that in the first century Jewish world, there was a shared understanding that when a father of a household commissioned an adult son with a job, that son carried with him all the authority and privileges owned by the father. In other words, The one sent effectively is the one who sent him. In order to further persuade his audience that he, Jesus, is the authorized representative of the Heavenly Father, Jesus points to his empowerment that he has been blessed with by his Father, God. First, Jesus states in verse 33 of John chapter 6 that the bread of God is is the one who is giving life using the present participle of the verb. The one who is giving life, who continues to give life to the world. The act of giving life recalls the previous chapter, John chapter 5, and the controversy surrounding the healing of the man on the Sabbath, where Jesus announces that the Father has empowered the Son with the ability to give life. Thus, sharing in the privileges that belong to God alone. Jesus now actively is giving life through the preaching of the gospel and his healings. Second, verse 37 offers further clues into the empowerment of the Son of God. The text reads, All that the Father gives me will come to me, The adjective used here is not masculine, referring to every person, as is wrongly translated in some versions like the Holman Christian Standard Bible and the NET. It is the adjective pon, which is the neuter singular, referring to everything. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me. Furthermore, the corresponding relative pronoun is also neuter, rather than masculine. This is significantly noteworthy for understanding the present passage. Jesus states openly that the Father gives the Son every thing, which is exactly the type of empowerment one would expect in the Jewish world of a mature son authoritatively commissioned by his Father, as Jesus has tirelessly announced before. John's gospel has already indicated that Jesus shares in the prerogatives of God in the ability to give life and the ability to judge. Our present passage, John chapter 6, has Jesus saying that he is and will continue to utilize these empowered prerogatives. As in a passage like chapter 6 and verse 40, which says, Everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Jesus is able to give eternal life and raise the dead on the last day, combining acts of judgment and life-giving. Third, the claim to have been empowered by God with his prerogatives is repeated in chapter 6 and verse 39. Which says, this is the will of him who sent me, that all that he has given me, I lose nothing. Again, the Greek uses the neuter adjective pon, along with a neuter relative pronoun, referring to everything that the Father has given Jesus, not every person. Jesus also ties the desire to not waste any of his empowered privileges to the will of God, namely the one who commissioned Jesus. Again, I'll read verse 39. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. There, all in one verse, we have the authorized sending of the Son of God and his empowerment. Jesus will not waste or lose the opportunity to exercise these God-given prerogatives. So, he will judge and raise up on the last day. In fact, at the end of verse 39, there is an emphasis in the Greek given to the first person. Jesus I myself will raise. Highlighting further the authorized use of the Son of God's empowerment from God to judge and to give life. Our third point today in looking at John chapter 6 is the Son of God who is obediently dependent upon God. The Son of God who is obediently dependent. Far from acting as a son who supplants the Father or appearing as one who is a disobedient son, Jesus repeatedly stresses his obedient dependence upon God and obedient dependence is what the Jewish world's sent representative would demonstrate towards the one who sent him. And in our case, it is the Son of God who is dependent and obedient to the Father who commissioned him. John chapter 6 emphasizes the dependent obedience of the Son of God in many important ways. First, Chapter 6 and verse 38 indicates that Jesus' desire as the commissioned agent of heaven is to accomplish the will of God, not his own will. This verse says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Note carefully that there are two wills here, the will of the Father and the will of the Son of God and the Son submits to the will of His Father in obedience. Second, the will of God is further unpacked in the subsequent verses. Chapter 6 and verse 39 states that the will of God involves the empowered divine prerogatives born by Jesus, and Jesus, in obedience, will not let any of these go to waste. By exercising the divine prerogatives, Jesus is being faithful to the will of God and acting clearly with the ability to judge and give life that he is dependent upon God to even possess in the first place. Thirdly, the will of Jesus' Father is unpacked further in chapter 6 and verse 40, which says, "...for this is the will of my Father." that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. As the true bread from heaven, Jesus obeys the will of God by giving eternal life to those who behold and believe in him. Moreover, the promise of resurrection on the last day is spoken by Jesus in obedience to the will of God. In other words, the life-giving activity of the Son is performed in submission to the will of God, which is a clear act of obedience on the part of Jesus towards God. In conclusion, we have observed that, while on the surface, John chapter 6 might seem to indicate that the Son of God really is a pre-existing figure from heaven who has come down to earth. A closer reading actually reveals something far more nuanced. The Son of God is portrayed as the one authorized and commissioned by the Heavenly Father. Jesus' human body, his body of flesh, is the gift of God from heaven, which is a metaphorical way of indicating that Jesus truly has been sent by God authenticating his mission and his message. We also noted that Son of God was a figure who was empowered by the Father with the Father's divine prerogatives. This is how Jesus, as the true bread, could give life and act as judge with promises to resurrect on the last day. Formerly, the abilities to give life and to judge belong to God alone. But God has shared these privileges with the Son of God because because he is authoritatively commissioned as God's human agent. Lastly, we observe that the Son of God acts in obedience and in dependence upon his Father, God. The Son of God is dependent upon God for his empowerments and thus acts obediently to the will of God when he exercises them. Jesus made it clear that he is sent to obey the will of God rather than doing his own will. So, contrary to popular readings, John chapter 6 teaches that the Son of God is truly authorized truly empowered and obedient to god and does not suggest that the son pre-existed in heaven this chapter's portrayal of the son of god is far more consistent with a high human christology and wholly inconsistent with a trinitarian christology I encourage you to look forward to our following episodes. We're going to continue to dig into the Gospel of John in its understanding of the title Son of God as it pertains to Jesus Christ. And if you think this podcast will speak truth into the lives of your friends and family, please feel comfortable sharing it with them. If you enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, please consider supporting us. You can check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Again, my name is Dustin Smith. Until next time, you folks take care.